Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. Our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite divine reality. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be looking at some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. And uh, we'll also be looking at Vedanta today and see how those philosophies and practices come together for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world world. Yoga is a Sanskrit word, very familiar to most people today, but not everyone is um, aware of its spiritual meaning, union, unity, oneness. It really refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. It's knowing the truth of our spiritual nature and then living in harmony with it. And today's topic is so uh, wonderful for this spiritual living. Say goodbye to fear, courageous living through yoga and Vedanta. And we are joined today by Pravrajika Brahma Prana for a conversation about um, inspiration from yoga and Vedanta that brings healing from fear and inspires us to live with courage. Brahma Prana is a nun of the Vedanta Society of Southern California at the Sarada Convent, and she's um, had that connection um, since 1973. She's been a Vedanta representative on several interfaith councils, a frequent 
guest lecturer at schools, colleges, and universities in America and has practiced, participated in interfaith and scholastic seminars in America and abroad. And she's still um, doing that. That's where I met her recently at an interspirituality conference. Um, she is a scholar as well. She has uh, compiled and edited several books on Vedanta, including The Complete Works of Swami Vivekananda, Volume 9. She's also written numerous articles on the philosophy and practice of Vedanta for journals and anthologies in America and abroad. Brahmaprana is currently the resident minister of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of North Texas. Um, and you can find out more about that place and um, her work at Vedanta um, DFW. That's B-E-D-A-N-T-A-D-F-W for DallasFortWorth.org. Welcome, Brana Prama. It's so nice to connect with you again, and I'm delighted you're here on the Yoga Hour. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you, Uma. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. And before we um, begin our conversation, let's just take a moment to um, center, to let our minds sink into our hearts for a moment. One life, one divine life, one reality, one omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent reality the source, the support, the substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here, right now, that reality is present. In fact, it is the essence of our very being. So we can turn our attention to that. And it's easy to do. Just Use your breath as an anchor. As you breathe in, feel that you are diving in to omnipresence. And as you breathe out, feel that you are dropping, letting go of the limits, the ideas that confine your radiant divine self. So breathe in and expand. Breathe out, let go. With each breath in, simply feel that you dive more deeply within, into peace, into stillness, into divine bliss. Breathing out, relaxing, letting go. Anytime we begin, it's useful to begin in this way, with just a moment of divine remembrance. Come back to the awareness of what we are, the true nature of life, and dedicate what we do to that for the highest purpose. May the peace that we have touched this morning emanates from our essence of being 
bless all beings everywhere. Our topic today is this cultivating courage, saying goodbye to fear. And in our first segment, we're going to talk about how self-knowledge helps us to live fearlessly. And we're going to be drawing, of course, some of our inspiration, a lot of it from the life of Swami Vivekananda. And he wrote, if there's one word that you find coming out like a bomb from the Upanishads, mm-hmm. bursting like a bombshell upon the masses of ignorance. It is the word fearlessness. And I often, you know, think of that quality, of course, when I think of him, when I read his writings, um, and having served with the Parliament of the World's Religions, of course, I also am uh, tuned into how it is that he came to America in 1893, and how his presence was such a galvanizing force there at the Parliament of the World's Religions, with this message that he offered of, you universal truth, um, the divinity of humanity, and courage from the Upanishads, the Vedic scriptures that lie at the heart of yoga and Vedanta. Um, Brahmaprana, I'm sure that you you have also you know, thought many times about how he showed up on that particular occasion and just um, drew people to him and, you know, had them standing, uh, had them standing up for a standing ovation before he even began his speech. Um, what, what was the message that he brought that so captivated people then and, you know, is resounding now, you know, um, so many decades later? You know, it uh, uh, an illumined soul, uh, such as uh, Vivekananda, there is such a power. And uh, just his opening words, sisters and brothers of America, was a galvanizing force that just made people stand to their feet. It, it spoke of harmony right mm-hmm. off. And, and sisters came first, not, not brothers, not in a fellow Fellow, fellow man, it was sisters and brothers of America, and and the message was unity, the unity mm. of all existence, harmony, mm. and uh, uh, from there, of course, uh, the divinity within man. He spoke uh, mm-hmm. the unity of all existence and the harmony of religions. Mm. And and for Americans, you know, and he in in his talk when you know he 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 said you're not sinners you know it's it's a sin it's a sin to call yourself that um i mean that was so revolutionary and and it still yeah. is today yeah um yeah. it's a revolutionary um message a radical message in its best sense you know to have us turn back to the root you know to the truth of our being and and i do think that when people hear that Truth, you know, and as you say, of course, when it is spoken by one who knows, <laughs> it has yeah. such it has such power. And uh, you know, yeah. I have also I have often just kind of visualized or dreamed about what it would have been like. You know, I, I visited the um, 
the art museum in Chicago, you know, where he spoke and they, they have the plaque wonderful. there. Yeah, it is wonderful. Yeah. And so I, you know, I visualized like being there on that spot and, oh. and just feeling, you know, that galvanizing presence that really didn't need to put the teachings into words because he himself was the word, you know, just, just with his opening salutation, people got it, you know, and then from there, there was the receptivity, of course, to, to listen to him. So, um, you know, and his journey, of course, to America, um, to speak at the parliament was, uh, you know, let's talk about that for a moment in terms of courage and fearlessness, because as I understand it, he really wasn't even formally invited to speak. And um, I, I don't even think he had a place to stay. And yet, you know, he turned out to be, um, you know, the legendary speaker of the parliament. So, you know, how do you see that the way that he made that journey exemplifies uh, courageous living? Complete surrender. And, of course, um, uh, uh, a sage of his stature, uh, that surrender is whole-souled, 100%. And, uh, in fact, when he was first given the money to come, he turned, it, he turned it back. He wanted the money to come from the people. And then even when it came, he sought the blessings of Ramakrishna and meditated on the rock and received the message directly from Ramakrishna to go. And even after that, he sought the message uh, of, of, of affirmation from, from Sarada Devi, and she also gave it. So it was complete surrender. Uh, and with that, yeah, he came. Mm. He came as a vagabond. <laughs> yes. Ended up in a boxcar. <laughs> yes, he, he did. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking also as you as you relate that story of um, Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, who was born in that year. Um, mm. the year that Vivekananda spoke at the parliament. And, you know, when he came to America uh, in 1920, there were some of the same elements of that long uh, journey um, into um, the unknown. Um, mm. But, you know, for these yogis, and as their example for us is, you know, um, to not fear the unknown because, you know, you are divine and you are uh, living your destiny and that power and grace is always with you. And of course, the guru is a reminder of that. You, you, you know, speak about the blessing from Sri Ramakrishna and um, from Sarada Devi. And it was the same for um, Paramahansaji. When he came, he had the blessing of Sri Yukteswar, who told him, you know, go now and all doors will open for you. And um, so there's something to see, you know, when we look at their lives um, about the inspiration that comes that um, would have us venture into an unknown situation um, and, you know, to, to have the courage to not hold back, um, but to go forth, you know, as we are divinely called and divinely led. And, and, and you, as you've offered, the key to that is really um, surrender. So will you s just say a little bit more about how you understand surrender? W what does that mean and how does it support somebody to be courageous? Wow. 
did you want that from a did you want that from a non dual perspective? Sure, let's go. Or did you want it from a devotional perspective? Well, let's let's be like Sri Ramakrishna and say let's have both. You know, uh, my first trip to India, uh, there was one Swami I wanted to meet. I knew he was a Brahmakyani. He was a the personal attendant of Swami Brahmananda, the spiritual son of Ramakrishna, and he was given the boon of Brahmakyana. So he was also a very good friend of my teacher, Swami Prabhavananda, and so he was the only being I really wanted to meet. I mean, you can always go to places of pilgrimage, but how many times can you go to a, to a great soul? And so when I met him, I was so struck by the way he used I. I've never heard that word come out of the mouth in the way that it seemed like it came from worlds within worlds within worlds. And and one of our swamis who asked this great soul, you know, we know that Swami Brahmananda gave you that boon. Have you had that realization? And the only thing he said, each time the question was asked, three times, he said, through the grace of Sri Ramakrishna and through the grace of my guru, I have surrendered everything. Mm. And mm. I, I, you know, uh, the, the more we grow in spiritual life, we more the more we realize the magnitude of that statement, surrendering the mind, the body, everything. Uh, it reminds me of that verse in the Gita when Krishna says, you know, if you give me everything, I will carry, I will carry mm. everything mm. you need. And I will bring forth um, what you need. And um, and so it seems that this practice of surrender, you know, can, um, if we're blessed to be in a guru-disciple relationship, um, the living guru um, becomes for us a a touchstone, you know, a way to connect us with the divine omnipresence, you know, with uh, God as the guru of all gurus. Um, And so there's first the training, you know, I often think of our embodied guru, um, and hopefully this is not disrespectful, but I, I have this image in my mind, it's kind of like the training wheels on our bicycle, you know. That 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 support us initially um, and yeah. point us in the direction, but of course the guru's role is to introduce us to the guru um, that is within us. So there is not dependence on something right. or someone outer, um, but so that surrender ultimately is surrendering the sense of being separate from that which guides and supports us from within. Um, Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. The Supreme Guru is one, Satchitananda. And and in terms of our personal self, it would be the Atman. Mm -hmm. And so there is that, um, (laughs) as, as you said, you know, is it is it form or formless so it's both you know and yeah. uh we can reach the guru through devotion um through acknowledging the guru um not only our own divine guru our our teacher in this life but also um you know there's who is the one if you remember who said he had 24 gurus um all the elements of creation 
uh, yeah. the everything around us, you know, through the yeah. path of bhakti, everything gives us that instruction. Um, but ultimately, it is only one. Um, we're just getting started on our conversation about courage and fearlessness. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, the four different paths of yoga that um, Vivekananda was um, instrumental in really codifying, identifying these as four paths. So we'll be right back with you. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Pravrajika Brahmaprana from the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of North Texas, where she is the residing minister and their website is vedantadfw.org and we're talking about 
what yoga and Vedanta tells us, offers us for fearless, courageous living. And in the next couple of segments, we're going to look at the various paths of yoga. Um, and my understanding, Brahma Prana, is that um, Vivekananda was really instrumental um, in codifying these four paths, like identifying them, you know, through the books that he wrote on on each um, that has really influenced even the way that we see them uh, today. So let's start off with the path of jnana yoga uh, and what it tells us about where we can find um, courage because you know we don't get rid of fear at least initially and and no. i'm not sure if we ever if we ever do but it's a it's a way of um being able to deal with it so what does the path of discernment um tell us about how to find courage wonderful well first of all it tells us where our fear comes from and it comes uh, from two places, basically, the sense of separation, that I'm an ego, a puny little I, with a body, mind, and personal history, when actually we are all one with Brahman, heirs to immortal bliss. And second, the fear of death, when actually our true nature is unborn and undying. And these different fears play out in different ways. For example, holding on to my own particular opinion is the fear of death. Because our ego is so strong that if I lose the argument, I, I lose my sense of self. And mm-hmm. so, so when, once we begin to understand where our fear comes from, the message of the Upanishads tells us to stand on ourself. Aham Brahmasmi. Thou, mm-hmm. art, thou art Brahman. I am Brahman. Thou art that. Tatwamasi. And, um, and then, of course, from there, uh, Vivekananda just absolutely outrageously leads us to the glory of the Atman and tells us to to roar like a lion and impart fearlessness <laughs> by, by, by fearlessly saying to all arise awake and stop not till the goal is reached. I mean, these, these aphoristic statements are like going to a good chiropractor. They just make you sit up and walk and stand straight, you know, it's just uh, wonderful. It's so true, and you know we've been uh, talking a little bit about his um, teaching, and you know, and how it that that courageous, um, bold spirit can be um, felt. You know, even just reading what what yes. he wrote, and one of the favorite stories that I have read of Vivekananda is when he was in California and um, with some of the devotees uh, camping out in California oh. and, uh, yes. and a story that, you know, he, there's, he said something like, you know, you, you, at the end of the evening, you all can do, you know, whatever you're going to do with your meditation practice. But he said, for myself, I'm going to go meditate on the heart of a lion. Oh, I love that story, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. (laughs) I mean, that's the first time we get this connection uh, to meditations that came from the forest dwellers and that perhaps were lost. And, and of course, in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, you can meditate on the heart of an illumined soul, but to meditate on the heart of an animal that shows such courage, 
we we what happens? I mean, you know, we, we're meditating on the Metro Golden Mirror Lion, <laughs> and and really we're 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 internalizing the spiritual qualities that are represented by the lion: the strength, the fearlessness, the mastery, the freedom. The lion has no enemies, therefore uh, he fears no one, and he knows that he is a match for all circumstances. He walks like that. Mm-hmm. And so when we begin to connect our awareness to the reality, to the self, we have nothing to fear, not even death. Mm-hmm. And so that meditation is, is so valuable for us. Mm-hmm. Not that we would be replacing our chosen ideal with a lion, but <laughs> to remember that we really are uh, lion-souled, um, the self. And, you know, one of the um, interesting... Um, Mm, how can I say this? This is a little conundrum of this path of discernment of uh, Advaita at, you know, at its core is this sense of rely on the self. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, Vivekananda was so strong in his writings, you know, you know, who, who are you going to go to for help? You know, who would help you? Um, there is no other but yourself. And, um, you know, he talks so strongly about, you know, don't, don't be a weakling. And, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda in the same way said, give up the beggarly attitude of, you know, being a victim and asking uh, others to help you. Or even in this path of Jnana Yoga, you know, don't even bother asking God to help you. <laughs> So, you know, I find that students are, you know, sometimes confused about that. Like, wait a minute, you know, I thought we were supposed to ask God to help us. So I'm going to turn that one over to you, Brahmaprana. What what will you say about that? Well, you know, um, gosh, there's so many things that come to mind. But one one is a story of, uh, it's a a rather rather blood-curdling story of a devotee whose daughter was, was murdered by her husband, and she was living in a house right across from the convent, and we were having a class with the Swami, and she came. And and we, we sat with her and prayed silently together, and then she disappeared for three years. And later I saw her at our Alima Center, uh, and she was smiling, she was happy, she was serving, and she since passed away, but but her story was such a story for me. Uh, it went deeply into my heart, and I said, "My gosh, Arati, what happened to you? And why do you look so well? What what is the secret?" And she said, "You know, my I could feel the the prayers of my guru, but I went also to another holy man in Portland who was also a great Swami of our order. He was the disciple of Sarada Devi." And this simple woman, she was a scuba diver. She used to, to dive for, for scallops and, and so forth. No more than a high school education. And he said, Arati, take the standpoint that this world is unreal. Now, she was, she was a devotional type, certainly didn't have the ability to analyze and discern. But her tragedy forced her back against the wall. And mm-hmm. the only thing that brought her comfort was that realization that this world is a dream. Mm. And it's not spiritual bypassing in a case like that when our pain forces us to face the reality that this world is impermanent. It is a mythology. Uh, Many, many contradictory things happen. Many brutal things happen. Uh, 
and the pain almost allows us to enter that uh, adoidic mm-hmm. realm and mm-hmm. and understand the truth and usually it happens through pain Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, that suffering is is on the top of the list of what generally brings us uh, to the path, you know, from a mild form of suffering that is just a general dissatisfaction, you know, I have everything, but somehow something is still missing, um, yeah. uh, to, you know, as you say, having some kind of tragic difficulty that just you know rips the heart open and you say what is this life you know what is it really and uh and then you know the the profound questions of yoga and vedanta come at that time you know what is real you know what can i count on you know what is unchanging um which which and that is the primary question of of the path of uh, gyan yoga which is you know what is what is unchanging uh, yes, and to stand on that, to stand mm-hmm. on that. And and we have to begin with our spiritual imagination. But it helps if someone close to us, we lose that person. And this may sound very cold and heartless, but it drives that truth home, that there's mm-hmm. no one we can call our own, mm-hmm. only the Lord. And, and that there is everyone, you know, as, as you were talking, I just had this sort of flash, this memory of my mother making her transition from this mm. realm and, and having the opportunity to be with her as she did that. And of course, my grief, you know, losing my mother was profound, but it opened my heart to um, to experience that reality as present everywhere. So oh, um, wonderful. You know, I, I think that sometimes that loss is also an opening to um, there is no there is no loss because it is all always here. You know, things change form, um, and people do leave this realm. But I I simply felt that change that that she was not lost to me only in the physical sense which as i say was 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 difficult but still there was a bigger opening that that i experienced you know connected to uh gyana yoga of course and our ability to be able to inquire um to meditatively contemplate these deep questions about life is um you know what we would call a path of raja yoga this way of um superconscious meditation and having a methodology uh, to do that. So how do you see meditation, you know, coming in in terms of helping us have this foundation of clear knowing and courageous living? Wow. Um, may I go back to your experience before I answer that question? Yes, uh, because, yes, of course. Because, because uh, it, it's, it's such a wonderful experience and it ties together in 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 the in the jnana yoga way that 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 wonderful passage from the brihadaranyaka upanishad that it is not for the sake mm-hmm. of the husband that the husband is dear but for the sake of mm-hmm. the self mm-hmm. not for the mm-hmm. sake of the wife that the wife is dear but for the sake of the self and to see those near and dear ones around us in their real light you know mm-hmm. and in who they are aspects of divinity uh or as the self 
and to change our way of looking at ourselves, we change the way we look at others without personal history, without all the, the clothing and the garments that are on, piled on top of, of the essence of the, of the person. Uh, now to come back <laughs> to, to, to this uh, uh, meditation and the value, um, anything that we do with regularity in terms of our meditation is going to set up a spiritual current within us. And usually, uh, if if we do uh, two hours a day, we'll probably feel that current of strength. And um, anything less than that, it, it won't be as tangible. But it's sort of like uh, two poles and the, and the electrical current running from morning until evening at the two auspicious times of meditation. And uh, what it does is... Uh, very much like what your meditation at the beginning does, it it realigns us uh, because during the day our mind does get fragmented and we, we sometimes forget who we're working for and what our center is. And so it allows us the time to go back into the laboratory mm-hmm. and, and enter into the cave of the heart and receive the darshan of that mm-hmm. divine presence there. Oh, I love that description, Brahma Prana, of, you know, setting up this spiritual current. What a beautiful way to describe it. And, you know, for me, the experience is, you know, um, from time to time, it's possible, and I've had this experience, to think that um, something that we have to do, you know, is more important than meditation, you know. And I, I suppose yeah. that can happen on rare occasion, but it's truly rare <laughs> and, and certainly not as common as our ego mind would have us think, you know, well, I have to do this or that, you know, I don't have time um, to meditate so long today. Um, mm. <laughs> but this is so, I, I just want to underscore that this is so important to living fearlessly because this is saying, wait a minute, you know, the world does not control me. Um, you know, isn't that beautiful? And so we say, you know, I, I live in omnipresence and, uh, that is my address. <laughs> that is where I am. Oh, and, that's um, wonderful. <laughs> and that, and, and next and, time I dial you up, I'll try to remember yes, that. <laughs> that's right. Uma said omnipresence. So, um, but what I want to say is that this spiritual current, as you describe it, um, also, um, then flows through our day in a way that um, brings to us, you know, what is needed. And, uh, you know, the experiences that I have felt of courageous living have come from experiencing life um, as this supportive presence. And, and, it, and you can't experience that, as far as I know, um, at least in the early stages, without meditation. You know, that tunes you in. And then throughout the day, um, fears are are removed again and again and again because what you need to know, what you need to have, the connection you need to make, everything comes to you in a kind of beautiful, graceful ease. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's expressed so beautifully. Uh, and also, too, when we set 
our teachers often tell us, you don't grab the mind and force it to enter uh, the cave. First, watch your mind. You know, you have to... You have to know how to touch the mind in order to train the mind, and and so we cannot grab it by the neck and throttle it until it, until it, you know you stop going out, you start going in. No, we 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 watch it, and in that way, there's something that happens. Well, first of all, if we're we're new at this, we we get to know that the mind is really a a radical monkey that's drunk and stung by a bee. It's restless, it's dull, it's sometimes concentrated, rarely one pointed. Uh, and and then we learn that the good news by watching the mind is that we have a mind, but we're not the mind. Anything mm-hmm. that we can perceive is not real. It's impermanent. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the other thing is that we, we begin to identify with that witness, sense of being the witness, which, is, which leads, re, leads us to the threshold of the Atman. Mm-hmm. And uh, then... Also, by watching the mind, we see what's going on in the subconscious mind. We see what's really fueling our actions. And then we can develop strategies to overcome, you know, those misguided uh, fears, resentments, you know, rehashings. And uh, so it gives us a sense of mastery over the mind so that we're able to use the mind as a tool and to that, overcome. That- Yes, and that mastery of the mind is really a goal of yoga. And in terms of courageous living, you know, we we can see, as you have so beautifully described, um, where fil- where fear uh, lives and how it arises. We can witness that, and that gives us uh, new ways to live courageously. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Pravrajika Brahmaprana uh, from the Vedanta Center in Dallas-Fort Worth. We will be right back with you with Cultivating a Fearless Heart of Devotion. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity Movement. 
That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, and in this uh, series on healing, um, today we're talking about courageous living and how to find um, freedom from fear. And I'm joined by Pravrajika Brahmaprana, a nun of the Vedanta order, who is the resident minister at the um, Vedanta uh, Society in uh, North Texas. And we're having a delightful conversation <laughs> about the ways in which <laughs> yoga and Vedanta really help us discover the truth of our being and offer us some tools um, for not uh, letting fear run away with us. And we've been talking about um, jnana yoga, the path of discernment and wisdom, and how meditation supports that. And, you know, one of the questions that, um, you know, people often have when they come on this path and we, we start down the road of jnana yoga, of discernment, only one reality um, is is the truth of all that is. And then the question is, well, well then what do we do about our devotion? You know, wh- what is there to be devoted to? <laughs> and so how does bhakti yoga uh, come into this? Um, and so, Brahma Prana, we have such beautiful examples with Sri Ramakrishna and Vivekananda in, you know, how someone can actually um, have such a heart of love and devotion and still know the absolute truth. So, talk a little bit about that, if you would. Well, uh, one, of the, one of the most inspiring um, truths that I learned when I first uh, entered into Vedanta was that supreme devotion and supreme knowledge, they meet at the same point. And so when we, when we respond to a particular chosen ideal, what we're doing is we are accepting two aspects of that chosen ideal, the personal and then also the impersonal aspect. So we have uh, uh, devotees of various traditions who also were led to the pinnacle of non-dual, non-dualism, Meister Eckhart, who was a great devotee of Christ. Uh, he was also a great jnani uh, because Christ uh, has the personal aspect as Jesus, the shepherd and uh, uh, the, the bride uh, and the bridegroom, but also uh, Christ the Spirit, uh, which is that, you know, the, the, the self within. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, there is no conflict, actually, um, uh, and and Christ the Spirit is is the same as Buddha, the state of awakening, and 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 uh, the embodiment of all gods and goddesses. Uh, each of these great divine incarnations, uh, they lead us to the supreme. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's. Um... 
for me, it was such a joy <clears throat> to find the path of yoga and to discover that both my heart and my mind were welcome. <laughs> um, so, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, just um, open your heart and have faith. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about understanding that. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. no, no, mm-hmm. you know, uh, understand this, know this, use your mind, use your intellect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the Yoga Sutras, of course, even it says, which is so interesting, that you know, uh, a, a faith in uh, a DT is not even necessary. However, um, if one has it, it's easier. <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that that devotion, um, I think, because devotion gives us um, the key to surrender. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that urge to love is a natural current within us, and if we can if we can use that current and fl- and flow it in a in a direction, it 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 will it will be much quicker. Uh, it's much easier also to flow it towards a symbol that we can visualize. Yeah, and- exactly, exactly. Um, but ultimately, then, as you say, both paths, whether it is the way of discernment or the way of devotion, meet at the summit of, you know, what you're seeking is the truth of your own being. It's not outside of you. Um, you know, it's not something other than you. Um, it is your own divine self. And, um, you know, I think either way, yes. that's that's the key to um, courageous living. Um, is there anything else that you would say about bhakti and how bhakti helps us overcome um, our fears or face our fears? Yeah, um, I think in John, uh, there is no fear in love. That mm-hmm. perfect love casteth out fear. And uh, an element of that love is bringing compassion into our practice and using that actually as a as uh, if you want to say as a tool as a weapon even mm-hmm. uh, uh, as as the Buddhist monks who were you know experiencing genocide uh, in Tibet, they use compassion as a weapon. And their only fear is when they would no longer have compassion for their enemies. And consequently, there was very little post-traumatic stress uh, from those who practice that tonglen, that that loving Mm -hmm. practice of compassion. And for us, we could develop that practice coming from the chosen ideal uh, within Mm us and sending that love out. I also love that verse from the Gospel of John, you know, that, Perfect love casts yeah. out fear, and yeah. um, you know, I mean, it for us as we study the mind, you know, we we understand that you know um, when when we are concentrated on one principle, <laughs> one ideal, you you can't have two in there, um, or the mind would be vacillating. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. if if the mind is focused. Um, concentrated on love, then you know fear cannot occupy that same space, and oh. um, and so we can we can actually experience that you know through the cultivation of of divine love, and as you say in this powerful example of the monks, um, 
not only for ourselves, but how it influences others. Um, we have just a few minutes left in our program this morning, so we, we don't want to <laughs> leave out, we don't want to leave out karma yoga. Um, <clears throat> especially since both you and I live it every day um, in in the work that we do. So tell us a little bit about karma yoga and how it supports courageous living. Well, uh, we, we already have addressed that fact that, that if, if, uh, Krishna says that if a if a, if a man will worship me and meditate upon me with an undistracted mind, devoting every moment to me, I shall supply all his needs. And that worship can also come in the in the form of work, and and that is what we're aiming for, uh, turning our work into worship, and uh, using that as a means of getting closer to our beloved. Um, and we use everything we can, just as, as when we fall in love with someone, we do what we can for that person, uh, whether it's a friend or, or, or a beloved, and we try to get to know everything about that person, so also we love to serve that person. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's very helpful. Uh, and and uh, Krishna says, if you do everything for me, then I will supply everything for you. Mm-hmm. And... It's so beautiful, and it's true, isn't it? I mean, we experience that. You know, if we if our work becomes worship, um, we find that we are divinely guided and divinely supported. And and um, just as we finish up this conversation, I want to just come back, circle back to the beginning when we look at karma yoga. Um, of course, it is also um, all of these paths are about releasing. Um, wrong identity, you know, seeing ourselves as separate, um, coming into knowledge of the true self, whether it's through the path of love or meditation or wisdom or service. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, you, you talked about how clinging um, to the sense of false self is really um, brings fear. And in karma yoga, of course, we, we release the, uh, our attachment to, you know, particular outcomes and um and that that has to do you know it helps us with releasing uh our clinging to our ego our personal self you know what we want <laughs> and so on and so forth yeah. so yes, and um, there and there there've been some wonderful studies too about how this selfless service really uh releases a, sort of a bliss component in the in the mind mm-hmm. and helps those uh, war veterans who are suffering from post traumatic stress mm-hmm. So that there's a there's a tremendous um, current that goes on and helpless mm. within us. Well- well, and it certainly, you know, um, just on an everyday mundane level makes life so much more enjoyable when we can release that clinging. Brahma Prana, thank you so much for joining us on the yoga hour today. Oh, it's, thank it's, you. <laughs> it's been such a, so much fun to reconnect with you and <laughs> to have this conversation about what is dearest to our hearts. And I want to let the listeners know, um, that you can find out more about the Ramakrishna of Vedanta Society of North Texas, where Brahma Prana is currently the resident minister um, uh, by visiting their website, which is vedantadfwdallasfortworth.org. And next week, we're going to be um, continuing our series on healing and wholeness. And um, Andrew Mellon is going to be back with me again. And we're going to look at having the courage to get rid of your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> having the courage um, to stop 
cluttering up your life with things that are not important or you don't need. So join us for that. For more information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Please remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour at iTunes um, and to tell your friends about us, you know, Facebook and all those places. We really appreciate it. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, remember all the time to let that radiant inner light of your divine self shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thanks again, Brahma Prana. Oh, thank you, Uma. Thank you for having me. And thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. 
If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 